where the Dutch would have killed him, save for... He drew a breath, gazing at the colourful crowd who thronged the quayside. This was the point where he usually left off remembering, but this evening, with the final leg of his return before him, he allowed himself to think upon it. In his mind's eye he saw the wretched boy on his knees, pleading with their Dutch captors for mercy. Small good it did him, for they spoke no English, and now, as if detached from the scene, he saw himself, the innocent party, explaining in his fluent Dutch how he'd been forced into escaping with this wicked young fellow who was guilty of many crimes while he was entirely innocent. He, a man of good family, had been falsely accused in the first place, merely for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And he told how, during the great fire which had consumed London, He'd been taken by the watchman for a looter. Why, there was such panic in those terrible few days. He was lucky not to have been accused of starting the fire himself, as others had been. But then wasn't that just like the English, all bluster and shouting and no common sense. And he had joked with the Dutchman, winning them over with his story, until in the end they believed his account. And he had stood in the boiling heat of the fort at New Amsterdam, and watched the boy being dragged away, shrieking curses at him. He pushed the memory aside. What did it matter now? He had survived in the new world. He had even prospered. In Port of Spain, he had shed his disguise along with his Dutch accent and become an Englishman again, a traveller who had seen enough of the colonies and was eager to return home. He smiled to himself watching the surly captain moving about the deck of his ship, barking orders. It had amused him to see the fellow form a low opinion of his prospective passenger, before the sight of a purse full of gold wiped the smirk from his features. Had the captain known what else the man carried, let alone what he meant to do with it, his shock might have been greater. As if to reassure himself, the traveller bent down, loosened one of the straps about his bag and slid a hand inside. His fingers probed under layers of clothing before closing about a little earthenware jar, its lid sealed tightly with gummed linen. He felt its hardness and its coldness, and a tiny point of light appeared in his eyes as he gazed out across the harbour to the sparkling sea beyond. The contents of the jar had cost him an hour of hard wrangling with a Portuguese trader he'd met in a stinking bordello on the edge of the jungle. Back in Suriname, That much was evident to any casual observer, who might have seen two men haggling over their mugs of watered rum before striking a bargain. What no one saw was what followed later, on a lonely forest path, after the transaction had been completed. The Portuguese, sinking to the ground, coughing blood, his hands clawing feebly at the legs of his assailant. The other man had stepped back unhurriedly, wiped his stiletto on the leaves of a tree, and slipped it into its sheath. He had waited until the Portuguese choked out his last breath, then stooped to retrieve the money he had handed over from the fellow's pocket. Then he had seized him by the heels and dragged him into the undergrowth, where the jungle creatures would find him. After that, he had turned away and walked back to the settlement to begin his homeward journey. And now, standing on the quayside, his features creased in another smile, for at last his journey's end was in sight. A few weeks crossing the ocean, 
and he would be on English soil again. He imagined the cool rain of autumn and the welcoming door of a tavern. He would order lamb's wool, hot spiced ale with roasted apples. He could almost taste it. And there was something else he tasted. But that was a different kind of sensation. That particular appetite required other means of gratification, which would have to wait. But then he was in no hurry, for he had the means now to do all that he wished. Chapter One Mr. Joseph Rigg was dying, and he was very good at it. So Mistress Betsy Brand thought, as she stood smiling in the wings. As Banquo in the company's new production of Macbeth, Mr. Rigg was showing off his skills to full effect. The handsome actor with the smouldering eyes...